0: (laughs) let's go dude yeah this is awesome i i appreciate you being down to host me and to be on the podcast oh
1: been a fan for like a minute and so this was like a no-brainer so i'm really stoked you're here and that you're in long beach too
0: yeah shout out long beach shout out to my boy johnny I, i got a friend like a really close friend that lives off of fourth street fire
1: yeah that's where i used to live right before here okay
0: well before we get into spirit dive um, I'm, I'm just curious about you. because yeah. Like well, when I you know, think back to like my earliest memories of you, there was that time we were all in San Diego. Yes. And, yeah, and yes. I remember Felix's car had some issues, and yep. you and your homie and I can't remember his name. Diego. Uh, shout out Diego. Yeah. Diego. You, you guys helped us out, and uh, that was probably like my early like earliest memory of actually like interacting with you. Obviously, like i would seen you around right. for a while, but like you know, when I think back, okay, like where does like. Like the early days start like that's like the first memory that comes to mind,
1: yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that was the the eco strike magnitude and vision run, yes, that yeah. they did out here, and they were playing at che mm-hmm. and Diego and I had a band at the time called u b u and we had played at che one week prior, okay, and so we were down there for our show, and then when we saw that they were coming out, we we're like, well, we're just gonna go back to San Diego <laughs> mm-hmm. and like go to another gig and And Felix and like Al and Evan and all those dudes, like those have been my kind of like my first friends I met in the hardcore scene. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know from outside anywhere other than seeing them at shows. Okay. And they were always just like super nice, really kind, and uh, always kind of like had Diego and I's back. Mm -hmm. I feel like there weren't like a lot of kids from Long Beach going to hardcore shows, so we would always drive to the O.C. to go to shows. Mm -hmm. And those dudes always kind of like had arms, like open arms for us, so.
0: That's awesome. Kind of like
1: a no-brainer to help them out.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, trust me. Like We were in the pinch that night. And it was late, too, because yeah. you know what I think. It was after a show. We're hours away from home. So for you guys to be there, that was like a lifesaver.
1: Yeah, we went, we went to Walmart. For, like, <laughs> I don't know what we bought or what. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. The we, items were necessary to yeah. fix the car, but we went to Walmart.
0: Yeah, I think it was just like a temporary fix. too. Then we might have just bought like some like, electrical tape or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't do like <laughs> the full change. Like one of his hose bursts for his okay. like radiator or something, if I can remember correctly. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was just a temporary fix. So I remember I'd gone through a similar situation. So I kind of knew, like, okay, like I know what we could do to get us home, but obviously you're going to go to like, in, like an actual you like, you go know, go like auto body shop to get it actually fixed. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah I think so.
0: I, I trip out about that that weekend too because, um, you know, that Envision uh, EcoStrike Magnitude run uh they wanted to do a, a program date. Yeah. Um but they they didn't want to compete because the same night in LA was uh backtrack because it and was King Nine. Yeah backtrack King Nine and it was like the the last tour for, for backtrack. Yes. Um we
1: went to that show also we mm-hmm. the next day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But luckily for, for for them uh they were able to hop on and those bands were able to, to, to play a couple sets, which I'm ha- like happy for them, because for them to have been able to make it out and have yeah. an extra date that they weren't planning on.
1: Yeah, it was cool because that show with that additional lineup, they ended up having like, I don't know, like seven bands <laughs> playing that show at, at the mm. lodge room, you know? Yeah. And I remember uh Diego and I being like, "Yeah, let's go again," because we want to. We didn't know. We knew that we weren't going to be in Florida anytime soon, so mm-hmm. we like, any chance we got to see any of those kind of like. Um, pull your card or not pull your card up, uh, plead your case bands. Yeah. um, Like we were super like stoked too. So, but it was a great show. I remember that was my first time seeing King nine actually.
2: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I was like, whoa, I'd seen backtrack already mm-hmm. at, um, I don't even know where, but I'd seen them in LA a couple of times, but they're kind of one of those bands that I feel like they're always on their last tour <laughs> or like, mm-hmm. I, I was always confused of when they were actually was their last tour. And so I was stoked to see them. Like on that one,
0: yeah. I I feel like they were so busy that, um, in my opinion, I feel like people kind of took them for granted. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But like, I always felt like they had like a strong discography, and I've always been a fan of that band. So when they decided to call it quits, I was definitely bummed out. And obviously, they're still involved in hardcore. Sure. uh, And maybe if we stick around long enough, we'll be able to see another backtrack set. Hey, that'd be hard.
1: I'm down for that. That'd be so sick.
0: Okay, and uh, you, you mentioned UBU. Uh, what yeah. happened? What with, with that band? Because you know, I, I know you guys were doing your thing for a bit, but then uh, I, I just uh, didn't hear anything for a while.
1: Yeah, so we started that band, and I want to say like 2000, maybe the end of 2017, going into 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Diego and I. Uh, my roommate at the time, D-Mag, was playing drums, and our buddy Pierre um and yeah we kind of just like wanted to contribute to the hardcore scene and and kind of make a band that we could just like play shows with Mm -hmm. kind of like i said earlier like there's definitely a punk scene in long beach and an alternative music scene in general but i feel like specific hardcore straight edge hardcore any type of like hardcore or hardcore subgenre like is kind of hard to find around here for some reason and so like we kind of got tired of just being like the kids from Long Beach that went to shows. We were kind of like, it'd be cooler if we played in the band. Uh-huh. I could then play at shows and kind of like participate. But yeah, I mean, the pandemic hit, and and uh we had dro- after dropping our demo, playing some gigs. Played Che a couple times. Played Program a couple times. I think the the slightly biggest show we played was the Dare Welcome to the OC EP release at Program uh-huh. with like Zulu and Modern Color and. It was taking the hearts one of their first shows yeah
0: i remember I remember that show almost got shut down yes dude mid-show which was crazy that
1: one fool got yeah in the head yeah this, season, <laughs> dude. this kid got
0: knocked into the shadow realm and <laughs> i feel like the saddest part was like um we were outside like me and some homies we were outside and somebody called the dude's mom
1: the and, kid that got knocked out yeah
0: somebody called his mom so she showed up as he's like getting like, you know, put into the ambulance yeah. and she's like, That's my son and she was like freaking out, which is totally oh understandable. But I was like, Damn, that is like a, a really sad sight to see. Like you roll up to some, you know, probably for her some like, you know, thing that's really weird, right? Yeah. This show at a skate shop that she's probably never been to and to see her son like on a stretcher getting pulled into an amb- the back of an ambulance. Yeah. Like, Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm-
1: we were just hyped. We had already gotten to play. <laughs> like, I mean, that was like early Zulu too, which is nuts to me. I mean, shout out to them because they were getting so much love and people were already watching so hard that they were catching bodies in the pits, Yeah, you know?
0: yeah that, that band's on a crazy trajectory and I'm hyped for them. And it's cool to see a, a band like that. Yeah. Uh, a, a band that actually stands for something to to get that kind of notoriety and to make it pretty big.
1: Dude, and like... Dés too, like um, shout out to Dez and Brax, especially those yeah. two, because like Brax has always been like, I met him because of UBU, like he was just always a big fan, which was really cool to me. Uh-huh. And, um, and Dez is just a Long Beach head and has kind of been like my big brother. Oh my God, probably for going on 10 years now. And, and Dez has played in some like really incredible like projects and alternative music. And so to see him kind of get his flowers now with this band mm-hmm. has been like really really special um i'm kind of like i just like fangirl anything he does because like i just think that fool's mad talented and his like his rapping stuff is really good mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of times like people don't really pay attention to that but yeah he's like just crazy talented so shout out to des and brax and everyone in the mafia so
0: yeah i remember i don't remember how I heard about Zulu, obviously, you know, people tell me stuff all the time, Yeah, and um, it it was was this wild night, I uh, had some uh, friends in, because they they were on tour, right, Mm -hmm. so went to this uh, festival, I I can't remember the name of the festival, but Fury played, and Turnover played, and it was like, it was like these weird gaps, because obviously we... uh, me and uh garrett we we showed up because we wanted to see fury because you know we, we love that band we love warren training hardcore yeah. so we we showed up saw fury and then we had this big gap until turnover played so we were just like wandering around like watching a bunch of like bands like we didn't even know right know about somewhere we were just like so bored and then luckily turnover played and then afterwards our friend in uh turnover it, it turns out his girlfriend was uh on tour and she was playing in LA, mm. and we were about to go home, and he was like, yeah, like, I'm catching an Uber to to LA, I'm like, what the hell, you're catching an Uber to LA, we can just take you, like, you know, we don't have anything planned, we're just gonna go home, and he's like, all right, like, cool, like, let's just keep hanging out, so we took him to, to, uh, I think it was the, the Regent, okay. and, yeah. and, like, we were fine with just dropping him off, and he's like, wait, he's like, you guys listen to my girlfriend's band, you guys want to come in, I'm like, Sure. So like we went in, saw um her band, and then we we were leaving and um on our way to her car, we like crossed paths with uh, Anaya, mm. and I don't know him too well, but I I, I had to ask. I'm like, yo, I, I've been hearing about Zulu. Like, what's up with Zulu? Yeah. And he looked at me like like I wasn't supposed to know about it because you know because <laughs> they weren't even a yeah. thing yet. Yeah. And he he just looked at me. He's just like, oh, he's just like um he's like things are coming really soon. And he, uh, just the look on his face, because, like, you know, I, I thought it was like a known thing. Uh, right, but he, but right. I think I, I must have just caught him off guard. But that was, uh, you know, crazy to, to think back then. They hadn't even played a show yet. But to see what they're doing today, it's insane.
1: Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's really nuts. I mean, it's just tight. It's tight. We need more bands like that. I think it's really cool and how, like, unapologetic they are and how they just like make good music too. You know, like, that's the thing. It's not even like, um, it's just the message. It's like, it's the message, it's the music, it's the energy, it's the attitude. It's kind of all those things in one. And I'm really happy to see that people are like vibing with that pretty much.
0: You know? Yeah. And, and you gotta think too, for a band with that kind of style to get that big, that's not common.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're, that like um I don't know, like hardcore is already not like a profitable industry, <laughs> yeah. right? Like no one's out here making hardcore bands usually to to be financially set with. Mm-hmm. So to be making songs that are more power violencey or songs that are more kind of slam or beat down y, like or songs that are like 35 seconds long, you know, like that's that's really tight to me. And like to see that be like the the subgenre that's picking up, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Like I think that's really tight. 5 percent So, UBU.
1: Yeah, sorry, UBU just kind of (laughs) disbanded because of the
0: pandemic.
1: That's it. I mean, the pandemic hit, and we were all kind of like uh, Diego. Especially, I mean, he is just like a really wonderfully like committed and like career-oriented man, and um, had been applying for the Los Angeles Fire Department, which he's now a part of. That's
0: awesome, and is
1: like you know living his life of service, working in the fire department in LA. And, and so we kind of just didn't really want to replace him. And, and instead, we kind of used it as a trajectory for like all of us individually to jump off and kind of go work on different projects that we wanted. And Diego and I actually ended up being in another band shortly after that. That lasted for about a year or so. Mm-hmm. I called Remember August, but that wasn't a hardcore band. It was like
0: a pop punk band. So. Pop punk. Pop punk. I love pop punk so much. How come I never heard about Remember August?
1: I don't know. We played program a couple times. We, I think we are supposed to play Che. We mainly played long Beach shows, I mean, I think that's the the main gist like a lot of the fools in Stateside like mm-hmm. showed us mad Love before Stateside was a thing, like they would come to our shows and like like ben uh who plays bass him like ben he, he has been just like a rock for us like we recorded our these two singles that we were like the last thing remember august ever released were these two singles we did, and we recorded them at his studio in Monrovia. That's crazy so, yeah, it was a fun it was a fun mm-hmm. little band um. Um, Our drummer, Nick, is playing on some really cool bands now. Max moved to uh, San Luis Obispo and is now in Portland. Oh, Max was in the band. Max Max. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I I know Max. Yeah, from Take It to Heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he met them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, he's the roommate I was living with here. Oh, yeah, that, that makes Max. so much sense now because yeah. I was like,
0: you know, you, you, off camera when you're telling me, yeah, you had this roommate, um, you know, who had this girlfriend, Louis the I'm like, oh wow, that sounds like somebody I know. Yeah, it's Max. That's yeah. crazy. Shout out Max. Yeah. Hopefully he sees this. I'm sure my it's, dog, this.
1: dude. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm tripping that out now.
1: Yeah, Max is the, Max is my boy, dude. That's that's uh, he and our drummer at the time, Nick, met at LBCC, mm. and then Diego and I knew Nick from high school, and then. We were like, yeah, we want to start like a pop punk band, and then Max was like, yo, I want to play in that, mm-hmm. and he ended up just being like this insane guitarist,
0: just out of nowhere, wonderful yeah. dude
1: that we had like no idea was so skilled and talented, and then the other member, the last member was Rain, and Rain is still in a, in dud now, mm-hmm.
0: so Rain and I have just kind of been like longtime friends too. So that's yeah. so that's so funny. Wait, so how would you meet Max?
1: I met Max through Nick. Nick Nick and Max met each other at LBCC, and yeah. we had this like t- <laughs> like. Uh, pre-band meeting at my old apartment okay. when I used to live off of 4th and Orange and uh, and Nick was like yo I'm bringing this kid Max over we're going to see if he vibes <laughs> like, to play guitar in this band Okay, and we were like yeah dude let's do it and then Max came over and I met him and he and I just hit it off and I was living by myself at the time and kind of during the pandemic when I was like alright I don't want to live by myself anymore I want another roommate I want to move out of this neighborhood I was living in uh-huh. uh, Max was like I'll move with you and that's how we got where we are now. That's sure. crazy. Yeah, I'm tripping out. Now he's up up in Portland, dude. Killing it.
0: Yeah. I haven't been to Portland since like, it's like 2012. Mm.
1: It's
0: the only time I've ever been up there.
1: I like Portland. I went to school in Eugene. I went to college at University of Oregon in Eugene. Oh, wow. And so it's it's like here to San Diego. You know, it's like a two-hour drive to Portland. So mm-hmm. I would kind of spend a lot of weekends up there.
0: Yeah, I was young. I was like younger a little more reckless and i, I remember I, I went to go visit a friend mm. and he was trying so hard to convince me to 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 move up there and the job that i have like i'm, I'm able to you know transfer places or whatever yeah um so i was like seriously considering it uh but i'm i'm very happy that i didn't because i i don't know if i would have enjoyed being up there because eventually he left right and it's just like yeah. i probably would have been one of those situations where i probably would have moved up there. And he would have just left me up there alone which it's fine right um i'm sure i i would have been able to to manage cause that's basically the situation that happened to me in orange county I moved up here with a friend right um and then uh you know life happens he couldn't uh stay up here anymore so he went back home to where we are from the palm springs area and i didn't want to leave so i just made it work yeah yeah
1: I I I'm I almost moved up there during the pandemic. I had one of my good friends at the time who was living in Long Beach, who was from Portland originally. Uh-huh. He moved down to Long Beach. He was my roommate for a long time. And then he moved back during the pandemic and I don't know, I feel like the pandemic was so just like there were like months or days or weeks whatever that I was just like how long is it going to be like this for? Mm-hmm. And when I just realized I couldn't have an answer to that question, I was like, maybe I should just back up and go back to the northwest for a little bit and try it out. But I'm kind of glad I, I did not You know, I mean, I love visiting up there. I would still like to live there one day, but I just oh, really? like I don't know. Long Beach is like home. Southern California is home. I feel really safe and comfortable here, you know, so mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and Long Beach really has a vibe to it when you come to yeah. Long Beach because you know, like I said, I live in Orange County, which isn't that far away, right? No. It took me like twenty minutes to get here, yeah. But when I'm in Long Beach, just like you know, th- th- there's definitely a, a different vibe out here, which is cool because uh, I-, I definitely like it out here.
1: Yeah, I think I don't know. I th- I think that's just like a common consensus. Most people that are like not from Long Beach ha- express it the same way you just said. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. are just like kind of pleasantly surprised. My girlfriend is from Virginia, and so. When she moved out here to California, she first moved to Huntington and got like the OC perspective of what okay. California was like yeah. and was like, I don't yeah. really know if I like this. And then, it's a little weird in Huntington Beach, you know?
0: You get like a skewed version d- depending on what, yeah. what part of yeah, Huntington Beach, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. I try not to vouch for Huntington Beach unless we're talking about Hello Goodbye, but other than that, it gets a little <laughs> weird down there.
1: <laughs> it can be, you know what I mean? Yeah. You'll never catch me around... <laughs> that neck of
0: the woods most days. No. I'll be I'll know. be
1: chilling right here in Long Beach. You can come through and say hi any time of the week, you know? So okay.
0: <laughs> one thing I I've been wanting to ask you, somebody mentioned that uh, you used to be like a DJ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that still a thing or that is
1: still a thing. I'm kind of in a little bit of like a I don't want to say DJ retirement, but yeah, I I started DJing when I was God. 2014 it's when I was living in Oregon okay And it was really just like a way to make money like I would go to these like house parties where all these like popular like fratty kids would be at uh-huh. and I did not feel like I could fit in there I didn't feel a part of and I was <laughs> it's like how can I take their money okay. <laughs> so I was like I'm gonna learn how to DJ so they can book me for their you know stupid gigs okay. <laughs> and I'll cash out so I started doing that and I started playing shows up there and then I ended up finding a really cool niche of of just like uh, actual talented producers, which I'm not a producer, but just like talented producers and like DJs and MCs and stuff like that. And like the hip hop kind of side of things has always been like really, really like part of my life, mm-hmm. just a huge part of it ever since like my childhood. And um, and so, yeah, and so I, I kind of just like brought that back with me to Long Beach when I moved back home in 2015. And yeah, I, I mean I I don't know. I've just done it a lot. Like I I I had residencies at like a bunch of different clubs and bars in Long Beach for many years. The one I most recently just had was at the Grasshopper in Long Beach. I did that with my friend Yulova for a while. And um and yeah, re- recently I've been kind of taking it slow, I just because I was a little burnt out on it, mm-hmm. to be honest. Kind of like I don't know, approaching 8 or 9 years of doing it, I was getting a little tired and bored and losing some of that flavor and but I'm doing a set um next week for my buddy jacob bones 96 i'm doing his record release show on second street at a barbershop shop down there and he asked me to play and so mm. um yeah so i'm gonna go show up for him because i don't know whenever the homies ask me to it's like i'm always down
0: yeah so. but i'm tripping out going all the way back to you wanting a way to make money yeah because normally to, 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 like becoming a dj doesn't seem like you know uh, something super common most people go "Oh, let me try to find like a part-time job yeah, or no. something but like
1: no i was just like really social in college i just like was at a lot of social events um i i've been deemed a social butterfly by many of my peers and so like i don't know for me it was just kind of like i'm broke i'm in college uh their music choice sucks what mm-hmm. if they paid me to play better music? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's I thought of it as just like being on the ox times two, you know. And yeah. then and then I kind of just like learned a new like uh, passion and love for like actually like I don't know using a controller and stuff. I don't know how to scratch vinyl. That's like something I wish I knew how to do, and mm-hmm. I'd like to learn eventually. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like oh, that's a side hustle. But like I said, what I got out of it was ten times better than any financial gain I just ended up meeting like like-minded people and like a new appreciation for for music and whatnot you know uh-huh. from that genre it's
0: wild yeah it was tight that's cool so second and do you ever uh, want to do like another residency in the future maybe yeah
1: I'd love to yeah I totally love to um I think I'd like to I don't know I think I'd like to do some more thinking on like I love what I did with my friend Yollbbba when we were at the grasshopper because we did like a duo so every a month, it, you knew that you were going to get both of us. Uh-huh. And I would love to do something like that, honestly, with her again. But but uh where it's not just me, I think because I just get tired out because a lot of times like you'll get underpaid at clubs, um, DJing, and they will expect you to spin from like 9pm to 2.30 in the morning for. Uh-huh. I don't know, you know, like 200 bucks or something, And it's like, dude, that's, I don't know, five hours, five and a half hours out of my time. Yeah. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. St- my feet hurt. <laughs> yeah. I don't drink. You know what I mean? Like it's not like because clubs will try to soften you up, and they'll be like, "Oh, here, you know, let me shoot you some drink tickets, dude." You know, and yeah. and and here's 150 bucks. It's like I don't want.
0: You don't want the drink tickets. I don't yet. want the drink tickets, dude. Yeah. I
1: want 300 bucks instead or something. But uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I said like I did my. I spent my time grinding. I was part of like a small label at the time called Public Records. Um, and like spinning for them and was on their team. And um, I had a residency at the Good Bar, residency at the Grasshopper. Still have an active residency with my record label, Quarantine Records, at uh, at K Surah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm still in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, like I said, I'd just like to think it through the next time I pick up a residency a little more and kind of consider my options a little
0: bit for sure. You know? Yeah. And what what
1: kind of music? Um, I I do a lot recently. What's been like fun for me has been drum and bass and like deep house music, but I've done everything from like funk nights. Dude, there's a bar down here, Alex's bar, where I saw Dag Nasty and Fury play at like probably six or seven years ago.
0: Who else was on that tour?
1: I don't know. It was Dag Nasty's run. It was Dag okay. Nasty's run and they had Fury. For two gigs. It was at the Constellation Room one night and then Alex's bar the next night.
0: Okay. Cause I saw Fury at Alex's bar, but they were on tour of the Agnostic Front. Oh, okay. And they were doing it was like a bar tour. Oh, that's sick. It was sick till I showed up and saw what <laughs> kind of people were there. Yeah. Yo, like I'm not even kidding. It, hella racist vibes. Like I'm not even kidding. I, I I show up, I swear on my I was the only hardcore kid there. Yeah. I I I roll up this this white dude seemed kind of racist
1: yeah you got that vibe and
0: he had a cup full of beer walks up to this mexican dude throws it in his face to try to start shit and i think the mexican dude knew the vibes and he just pretended like it didn't happen he's standing there covered in beer and i'm like oh my god this is this is insane oh like i can't god. believe like that happening uh nothing's going on right because i was like dude like obviously like at at a normal hardcore show like that wouldn't fly so i was like okay i was like i was like i need to kind of be a little more careful in here and so fury plays i'm like the only one two-stepping and normally i wouldn't care but when you're like in a room full of people who like they you can feel their hate towards the mosh i was like all right let me just uh not go too crazy and in the midst of me moshing i lose my keys so i'm thinking i'm gonna have to like call like you know my roommate to come like uh pick me up or something but luckily somebody turned my keys into the bar so the, the bar right, had my true. keys after the set but like that's after true. Fury played I was like I'm not even gonna stick around for Agnostic Front I'm going home the vibes are so fucking weird here.
1: Yeah. Yeah I mean I, I don't know dude I've been to some sketchy sketchy shows. I've DJed like that's the other thing of DJing is like I've played for some like just dog shit crowds. <laughs> just like just people just so wasted. Uh-huh. I'm like, hey, no, hate. you like drinking booze? You like puffing uh, on some reefer here and there? Yeah. God bless you. More power to you. But like, you know, some people just kind of don't really know how to control themselves, and like, it's like I don't know. I I've, I've literally played shows, dude, where like I had a I had someone one time that was so wasted and got mad at me for not taking their requests. I'm like, I'm not taking requests. The Bar's paying me to play, not you. You know. Yeah. And. um she like grabbed my like hardware, like my controller, and started like smashing it. And oh, I was like, "Oh, like," and 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 I feel you. I've I've also been at, at clubs where it's like um, you can kind of feel the hateful vibes. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you're just like, "Man, I'm clearly the odd man out here." I'll be playing something that I think is a great mood setter or whatever, and uh-huh. people just be like, "Turn this off. Play Bad Bunny now." <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I played some wonky gigs, but we'll see. We'll Hop back on.
0: Okay. And I, I'm also curious. Uh, you, you told me uh, when I got here that you grew up in Long Beach. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious for someone like you who grew up in Long Beach, how did you discover hardcore? Um. Okay. So.
1: At the, I want to say like my first memory of anything hardcore related is. Um, Okay, so we have a big uh record store here called Fingerprints. It's now on 4th Street. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, it was on 2nd Street um, at their original location. And it was like this tiny like shoebox of a store. Uh and like no windows, like like tour flyers, like on every corner of the ceiling, the walls, everything it was awesome. And I remember seeing um what did I see there? I think I saw like a, a Youth of Today like poster. I'm like, that's cool. Didn't really think anything of it. Uh-huh. Fast forward a little bit. I'm in high school. I'm really into Odd Future at the time. And one of the dudes that was like affiliated with them, Lucas Versetti, would always wear like Youth of Today shirts and like hardcore shirts. Okay. And so I started looking into them and I'm like, oh, this is tight. I'm like, it's like punk music, but it's not punk. Like it's something else. Uh-huh. And then Trash Talk comes around. And when Trash Talk starts coming around, like the early 2010s, it's kind of when I start. uh, I guess, like recognizing what I'm listening to is something that I like and something that I want to do more research into. I kind of grew up the pop punk route of life. And like okay. this is something like um, like my buddy Lemus from States. are so like he and I talk about this all the time. Like I did not like I did not grow up a hardcore kid. I did not. I wasn't like 12 years old. You know, what I mean, like moshing the Cro-Mags, you know, I was just mm-hmm. I just wasn't. Um, I grew up a pop punk kid and like that was my version of alternative music that later went. And I don't know. I say that because I feel like a lot of people start the opposite. I feel like they start with heavier music and then mm-hmm. over time they start exploring to the other avenues. But um, I was really into like Fall Out like my favorite band of all time. I was really into them growing up, and and little by little, as time kind of progressed, I, I started getting into the heavier sounds, and I had a scene phase,
0: and blah, oh, blah, did blah. Oh, hair?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all might not believe it right now. <laughs> I, want best believe, I want to see I'll photos. I want to see photos. I'll find you one, fool. I'll have my mom text me some, okay. but that is I, comedy. Had the, <laughs> I had the Bayangs, you know what I mean? I had the Bayangs swooping through right here, and I had the Frosted Tips. Well, actually, hold on. That's cap. I did not have Frosted Tips. I wanted Frosted Tips. I wanted frosted tips and I okay. went to super cuts with my mom. I didn't know they were called frosted tips. Oh. So like I'm in there and I'm like, yo, I'm like, I want that thing with the hair where it's like blonde <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and the lady goes, Oh, you want highlights? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and instead of getting frosted tips, I had like really dark, 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 dark brown, almost black hair. Like when I had hair <laughs> and she just put like giant blonde streaks, like straight up highlights. And I was so pissed. I remember like being like, What the hell? She's like not what I wanted. And she's like, That's what you asked for. Right? <laughs> oh my god. That was like my nightmare story. But yeah, I don't know. That I'll I'll find some pics for you to prove it. But I will say my first show was um my first like real hardcore show with all hardcore bands was uh it was a suburban fight show. That's a throwback. Yeah. And they're still
0: active but don't do too much, but when they do, yeah. It's, when they do, it's wrestling now. <laughs> 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 yeah, but, but you still got to pay attention because yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I, um, who played? It was in the constellation room. It was the turnstile moved through me, EP on Popwig release show. Okay. So it was turnstile, angel dust, big bite, lock and discrepancy jeez rest in peace yeah <laughs> okay. yeah so that was my first gig and i went with diego he had already been going to some shows mm. he was like you should come to a show with me and i think i was just kind of like scared to go because i was like i don't want to look like a poser i don't really know the scene that well like i listen to a lot of this stuff but, like i don't really go to gigs like i yeah. don't know what to do and Diego was like really cool about just being like, just come, like, people will embrace you for who you are. Just come and have fun. And, mm-hmm. and I went, dude, and I just like had the time of my life. Like, it was just so much fun. I kind of never turned back. And that must have been like, I don't know, 2014 ish or something like that. But um, yeah, it was just a blast. Locke was super good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at their final show, too. I know, yeah. but
0: it's like half that gig isn't even around anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And discrepancy, I was like, you know, ripped, but like... They were such a good
0: band, but, you know, when you're no longer straight edge, you can't really play that kind of music, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you you know, you can still play that style, but you can't play those songs. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. I heard also that they only had, like, two official members, and that oftentimes they were just kind of, like, filling bodies in, and that's made it hard. I mean, Breaking Edge also, obviously, (laughs) but as far as when they were Edge at the time, like...
0: Yeah, fun fact they uh or the, the singer announced that the band officially broke up on my podcast like years ago Nick? yeah cause I, yeah because i i'd hit him up because i'm you know obviously i love orange County hardcore yeah and i remember reaching out to him like hey like what's up with the discrepancy and he's like oh he's like yeah we actually broke up but we never really said anything but he's like i'll say it on the podcast so that's cool there but you go. yeah but i'm still a fan of the music i think it still holds up and um I wish uh, that he didn't stop doing music. Yeah. Because uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what band he he just played in. Um, Soul Search. Yeah, that's what it was. I'm drawing a blank, but yeah. yeah. So, um, at least... yeah. Cool. I
1: know him through the hardcore scene, and then also through, like, one of my tattoo artists, this dude, Kyle Klein. Uh, He's, like, good friends with Kyle. Oh, really? So, okay, that's Yeah, awesome. Kyle's, like, working on my back piece and stuff right now, so... Yeah, I would see him post Nick all the time, uh-huh. <coughs> and I was like, "Yo, that's the." I'd be like, "Oh, that's my homie Nick." I'm like, "That's the singer of Discrepancy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So I remember I I would see him at Disneyland, but I would never want to bother him because <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the last thing he wants to talk about at Disneyland with some random dude is like his old band. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah, that was that was kind of like my intro to. I guess the hardcore scene. That was like one of my first gigs and everyone was super loving and
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome because uh, to to go to a, a suburban fight show, especially back then, because you think about how huge turnstile is. Yeah. To this day, it's it's insane. Um and Yeah, I, I
1: still have my I'll I'll go get it for you maybe after we, we're done with this, but I have got my turnstile shirt from that show still. Mm-hmm. and like and I bought the seven inch of the move through me. I have it over there. And uh their drummer daniel he was like i was like yo how much are the shirts and he was like blah 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 and i already bought the seven inch
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i was like oh i don't have enough well never mind and he's like oh it's all good dude and i was like yo it's my first hardcore show ever like thanks so much like you guys are great and he just like threw me a shirt so shout out to daniel Fang.
0: that's crazy well see he gave that, me a shirt on the house you know what i mean yeah he's probably trying to give you like some good memories and hopefully you know keep you coming back Sure did. It worked, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, and, still here. And That's awesome. Yeah, got to think too. Because even though like the the observatory, it's like a professional venue. Yeah. I, I still love the constellation. Room. I, I've seen some crazy shows in there. Like yeah. I, I love telling people that I, I saw Halsey in there. That's fire. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> that's fire. It, it was a crazy night too because Halsey was not was in the consolation room and in oh my the, god and in the big room that night was um bayside man overboard census fail wow seaway so i i bought tickets to, to to both shows and i remember the halsey show started before the bayside show so yeah. i got to go in beforehand um but i wow. spent most of my time in the big room i, I watched uh seaway census fail man overboard hard and then, right when *Since Fails Fail* was about to play, it was when Halsey was hitting the stage. So I was like, "Sorry, like I got to go see Halsey," because it was it was her it was her first U.S. tour, and I still have like a tour shirt from there, which oh, that's fire, which is an embarrassing story. Um, I go to the merch table, I buy the tour shirt, and you know it's dark. You know, you you get the shirt, check the size, and then you you think you're good. So I, I, I uh, you know, I, I walk out of the constellation room where it's like, you know, better lit. And I see that there's like a bunch of holes in the shirt. So I'm like, oh, shit, I think they might have given me like a, like a defective one or whatever. Yeah. So I went back to the merch table. I'm like, hey, like the shirt has some, some holes in it. And the guy looked at me He's like, dude, like that's how it's supposed to be. Like it's like bullet holes or something. And I'm like, oh, shit, my bad. <laughs> oh, so I felt oh, so oh. stupid. Oh. <laughs> I've never worn the shirt. It, it, it hangs in my closet because, you know, it's, it's not really my style. But yeah, it's, it's a cool tour tee with all the dates and stuff. But it yeah. just it has a bunch of holes in it. And I was just like, oh, it's so terrible, but yeah, it's, it's so funny. But it's crazy. Yeah, I, got to see Halsey. <laughs> this shirt and,
1: is defective. You, I need a, <laughs> I need a new one. This one's yeah. mad defective.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. But no, that's how it's supposed to be. That's but, chill. Yeah. But but yeah, but seeing Halsey in, in that conservation room was, was insane because it was it was packed out and like everybody knew all the words. So it was just some like, one of those cool like you know yeah. with, like crazy energy.
1: Okay, so before we were filming this, I was we were talking about the. The final crusade flyer in my room and Mm -hmm. when i went to that because i was in the constellation room okay i'm not mistaken that same night in the main room was suicide boys i remember being in line outside like to get in and and all these dudes are like 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 geeking really hard on a bunch of pills and drinking just like they were all like messed up and they kept like being like you guys ready to mosh hard tonight like and i was like whoa dude like this is crazy all these kids are here to see four sorter yeah. <laughs> Am I like dumbass i'm like wow that's so cool that they attract this and then they were like they started chanting suicide boys and i was like yo who's playing to the security he's like oh suicide boys are in the maid room i'm like oh my god <laughs> like what the heck? what the hell that's not that's not witty or hardcore <laughs> like, so that that was my funny memory there
0: yeah and i man that that's one man too that uh, I'm, I'm bummed that they called it quits. Yeah, I, I felt like they had, uh, you know, crazy support. Hmm. Um, And once again, I hope we stick around long enough to where we can see another. Yeah, uh, four comeback. Set. Yeah. yeah, or just a, a surprise set or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, sure. Cause that band is so sick.
1: Yeah, that was a great show.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that show, uh, like we are talking about before, God's Hate was on the build, and they dropped, and after that, like, they were gone for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, from, from that show to so when, like, Mass Murder came out, right, it was just like, what the heck? Right? If I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it was just like, I don't know, it was crazy being at Sound of Fury this year and then, like, seeing, I mean, I saw them last year, too, that was nuts, but, like, uh-huh. seeing...
0: I'm curious about your opinion on uh, *Sound of Fury* being outdoors in that setting, because this is the second year in a row, right? right. Where they've had it at the same place. Uh, are you a fan yeah. of it, or do you like? Did you like it when it was indoors?
1: Okay, so when I first started going, it was at the Belasco.
0: Okay, great venue.
1: Loved it there. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite lineups were over there. I think this year, that part of the outdoor section was better than last year's. Mm-hmm. And I say that only because last year there was so much dirt. Mm -hmm. You could not see the people performing unless you were in the front. Um, I don't know. I I feel like Madison and them kind of like know what they're doing, dude. And like, I just don't see how this could ever go back to an indoor venue with the amount of people they have coming. Like, I think they took a risk switching it from outdoor, I'm sorry, from indoor to outdoor and mm-hmm. what they had going for them during that transition phase was a pandemic where people were itching to go back to another gig. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it would have been, like, the half part thing again in 2019 where it, like, sold out mm-hmm. in 10 minutes, you know? And then it's like, wow, now no one can go, you know? Yeah. Um. So I think it was the wise choice to take it outside. Would I rather it be inside? Of course I would, you know? but i i think i think they're starting to figure it out and i think it'll take a couple years until it's kind of hashed out all the way i did not like the barriers this year on day one like that kind of sucked
0: yeah there was a lot of i saw a lot of chatter because I, I i didn't go yeah um so seeing all the chatter online and even seeing the videos like when, when i saw I think it was a video of Big Boy, and they had yeah. like a barricade on the stage. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. This is this seems like like it seemed kind of like a joke. Like I didn't think that was like serious. Yeah,
1: no, it was very serious. And I mean, I don't know. I saw some. I saw. I heard that a security guard got like knocked out by like a fan. But I saw quite a bit of fights. Like I saw a dude try to rush the stage during Pain of Truth set,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this dude got like absolutely pummeled, not even by security, just by like the Pain of Truth. Like. Mm-hmm fans on the sides or whatever but it was crazy i don't know i i think um day two was chill because day two it seemed like there was no security all of a sudden Bear yeah. weren't an issue but i don't know i guess just day one they just had to do it from what i heard they i guess the reason they had to do that is because that part of exposition park is still technically usc's campus so that meant different rules mm-hmm. but i don't know if that's actually true or not but that's what i heard so
0: I'm curious if they would ever revisit their idea of going to Ventura. Because remember, yeah, uh, during 2020, they they that had that was the announcement, right? Yeah. That it was going to go back to Ventura. It was going to go to Ventura. They're going to be like we're going to be on the beach at some like airport hangar, yeah, which is able to you know hold like more people than, yes. than the the Bilasco, so they were able to uh, accommodate more people wanting to go. Um, so I'm, I'd I'm, be cool with that. I would go to that. Yeah, I'm curious because honestly, like I. I'm a fan of when they did it. um, It was like you know 2010 to like uh, 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, It was at this place called the the Earl Warren uh, Mm -hmm. Showgrounds, and it was like this giant indoor like event space. Yeah, and I thought that was awesome. So if if they could recreate something like that, because the outdoor is cool, I'm just not a fan of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was less dusty this year, so that's gonna be my positive takeaway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Less dust. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. not as insufferable you know <laughs> like,
0: yeah so well, that's cool that they're you know found some way to um improve on that a bit but yeah
1: there's some great sets too dude like just like in general i think the sound for most bands the sound was good this year and um my favorite set by far apart from fury was um sangasugabug
0: oh really okay <laughs> it
1: was so good they were so so good it was such a blessing like i've always wanted to see them mm-hmm. i was super stoked too. cold world was sick you know but yeah i i i would love to i hope they're not married to just exposition park for like the next 10 years you know what i mean i hope it's not just like all right this is just where it's at now
0: mm-hmm. but no for sure yeah i'm we'll I'm, I'm in the same boat i'm a you know long time supporter of time fury so yeah um, even, you know, when they're doing it at a place that I'm not a fan of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still always going to support them just because, yeah, same. Uh, you know, they care about the scene and they've done so much good things over the years. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm just curious to see what next year has in store, because it, it's hard, right, uh, to, to to keep building on something that's, you know, so great, to, right. to to keep doing it year after year and being able to, you know, one up yourself. That, that That's where I feel like it becomes really challenging. Yeah, so, but I'm always looking forward to it.
1: I guess bigger and better. We'll see what next year brings us. You know, hundred percent reunions.
0: Who's left? So that well, when I think about reunions, I'm like, man, who's left? Because at this point, for as long as I've been around, yeah, the bands that I dreamed of, I'm like, man, I wish I was around for you know so and so. It's like they've all come back. Yeah. So now I'm just like thinking back, like foundation, like who's well, but see. I was around for Foundation. Oh, okay. I, I was at the last chain show. Yeah. Um. So like bands like that aren't even like on my radar because it's just like I I I live through that. Yeah. So like when, when I think of reunions, I I think of like the big bands that were killing it before I got involved. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, but if Found- I I would like to see Foundation again. I'm I'm still a fan of their music. Yeah. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. But yeah, there's I I, I guess now it's like okay. I, I guess like like. For me all those like you know bands from the generation before i've already done reunions so now it's going to be the bands that i actually live through in this, and that's where i'm going to actually feel or more. they're
1: just going to start doing their like anniversary tours, right it'll be like 10 year anniversary 10-year whatever
0: you're a big pop punk guy for like there yeah. was like a couple years where it was like you know it felt like newfound glory was doing 10 <laughs> yeah. years for like all these albums which yeah I, which dude i was yeah. such a fan of because dude <laughs> at, at that time I worked for the merch company that was doing New Glory's merch. Hard. So I got to uh, get a lot of free stuff. Yeah. Um, But then also, uh, I remember we went to go uh, see one of their tenures at um, the House of Blues in San Diego. Okay. And I remember I went went with my bosses, and they, like, listened to New Glory up until, like, Sticks and Stones, and then they stopped. So, like, anytime... It got kind of annoying because, like, we were there watching them live, and, like, anytime they, like, played a song that they didn't, like, recognize or, hey, like, what album is this off of? And right. I would tell them, and I'm like, dude, like, just listen to the music, enjoy the live show. This is this is crazy, like, what's yeah. going? Um, but but I'm down for for uh, some ten year stuff because because it is fun when bands uh, will do those because then you you'll get to hear like B sides that you normally don't get to hear because mm-hmm. like um I I feel like I fall in love with these B sides that aren't on the set list right like ninety percent of the time. So I'm always like wanting to hear it live so like you you have to get to these like special gigs where they are gonna play them
1: right. 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 That'd be tight.
0: Yeah. But we'll see. Or maybe they'll get creative and uh, be able to craft something cooler than a reunion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, Because, you know, obviously uh, we've seen like, you know, bands like uh, Drain explode, bands like Scowl explode. Um, I want to know who's next, like, you know, like who is going to be the next band to step up and kind of, you know, uh, make their mark on the scene.
1: Yeah, that'll be tight. I don't know. I think of bands like Drain too, because like I saw Drain play. Um, God, what was that spot in Fullerton?
0: Rift Mountain, Mountain, dude. Remember talking about the it's a
1: Dare show? Yeah. Fool, I that was, was the there. first time I saw
0: Drain. Same, dude. Yeah.
1: And and the and uh, the fool's mom was there.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah,
1: he was like, "Yo, my mom is here. This is so sick. There are like, I don't know, twenty people there or something like that. Thirty people, like."
0: Yeah. 'Cause I remember I got put on to them because I had um I I, I used to do like these like email interviews, right? Mm-hmm. This is like b- before the podcast. And I I remember I did one with uh Angel mm-hmm. and I you know, I and I would like to ask like, hey, like what bands should we, we be listening to that we're probably not? And Drain was on that list of bands that he named. And when they were doing like their uh uh, tape it was, it was for their tape release, right? Yeah. um You know, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I, I love Cool Side, love Initiate. And then, right, they're on there. Yes, dude. Yeah. And then, um, oh my God, what a stacked line. Yeah, now that we're talking of, about it, yeah, I'm like, lineup. oh my God. And then uh, Drain was on it. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I, I finally get to see Drain. And then, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing them. I'm like, damn, these guys are crazy. Like, how are how are people not like talking about them? And then now I'm watching we them. are, <laughs> dude, I, I just watch like we are. It, they did like a wall of death in like yeah, Poland, and I'm like, yeah. what the hell? This is this is insane. This is a band I saw at Rift Mountain a couple years ago. Yeah. And now they're like main staging a giant festival in Poland. Yeah, right. dude. That's
1: what I mean. It's nutty.
0: Yeah, it's cool though. Like those guys definitely deserve it. They're all like on top of writing music, just like the like how nice they are. It's it's crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're all super chill. I heard the singer used to live in Long Beach too.
0: Really? Chat out Long Beach. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that there aren't more bands from Long Beach. So I'm thinking about what you said earlier. How yeah. you guys wanted to uh, be more than just kids from Long Beach. You wanted to start a band and be a part of the scene and you know yeah. contribute. But then you think about it, there's always been cool venues in Long Beach, right? Yeah. Because and you know, supply and demand yeah. always having cool shows and it's like, yeah, we're our, we're Inside
1: our. Out used to play down here all the time. Fender's Ballroom, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's here in Long Beach. Like there's a lot of hardcore history here. Um I don't know. I think sometimes it just gets swept under the rug because of like how big of like a footprint like the hip hop scene in Long Beach has like left. Mm-hmm. Um with like the G-funk era and with like I guess more modern rappers like Vince Staples and stuff, but um, yeah, there's like this whole, I don't know. I feel like sometimes that's the blessing and curse of Long Beach is like when you say Long Beach, someone's like, Oh, Snoop Dogg, Sublime, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like, yes. Yeah. And like so many other talented artists,
0: you know? Yeah. So. There's a rapper, Stupid Young.
1: Yeah, dude. I know Stupid Young. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Shout out Stupid Young.
1: Shout out to my Cambodians.
0: <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. East side. When I'm driving through Cambodia town, I always, I always get these looks because people can tell that I'm that I'm Cambodian. Yeah, you speak um, a my? No, no. Um, my my parents do, yeah. uh, but I never learned because uh, my my parents, you know, came from Cambodia, came from the Philippines, and they, you know, had so many struggles, yeah. uh, you know, coming to America because they when they got here, they didn't speak English. Yeah, they, they had to learn. So in their mind, they didn't want me to face the same struggles as they did. Mm. So they they wanted me to learn English first.
1: Yeah. My yeah. mom's the same way. Both my my parents are immigrants. My mom um is from Colombia and mm-hmm. my dad is from the Netherlands. Oh wow. And so like, you know, his first language was Dutch. My mom's first language was Spanish. Mm-hmm. And um same thing. They're I mean, I'm bilingual, I'm fluent in Spanish still, but uh but my first language, even though like Spanish is spoken at home, was like you're gonna learn English, you know. Yeah. But but yeah, I I, I love Long Beach is like, my first girlfriend in high school was Cambodian. Like I, we have, if I'm not mistaken, the highest population of Cambodians outside of Cambodia, okay. in the city of Long Beach. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, shout
0: to out Cambodia Town. We have
1: Cambodia Town, dude. Come yeah. on now.
0: Yeah. That's, so. So well, well, uh, I was actually um, in Cambodia Town uh, last week. Okay. Uh, with my buddy Johnny, and we went to. Um, Pickle bon me yeah <laughs> and yeah just uh right. just, uh, just r- running into the all, all the all the cambodians is it's funny because where I, I live at in orange county yeah um i frequent uh this korean mall so i run into mainly koreans like sure. day in day out I'm, I'm just like you know around uh you know koreans like 95 percent of the time yeah so when i was out in long beach last week and i was around uh, the cambodians i was like damn this is a, a crazy vibe because uh you know, it's like people that look like me. Yeah. You know,
1: so. Yeah. I, I mean, that was just like my high school. I went to Long Beach Poly
0: mm-hmm. on the
1: east side. And we're like kind of like in a central part where you have like all like you have a Mexican neighborhood. You have a black neighborhood, a Cambodian neighborhood, a Vietnamese neighborhood. Like, but that's like one of the best parts of Long Beach, in my opinion, uh, is like our greatest selling point is like how culturally diverse we are here mm-hmm. um, and how how many. Like kids I grew up with, like their parents were also immigrants. That was really cool to see growing up, and that was always like really, I think, relieving, but also just like a breath of fresh air when it comes to culture and like learning and adapting to appreciate each other. And I don't know, it's like if I had kids, like I would I would raise them in Long Beach for that purpose, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, my buddy, he went on like vacation or something, and he asked me if I could, uh, you know, watch his dog. Mm -hmm. So I, I stayed like a week in his apartment. Uh, you know, taking care of his dog, and I would like walk it through the neighborhood. And, and I remember just like walking the streets of Long Beach, you know, uh, with his dog, and like coming across other like you know dog walkers and everybody being so friendly. People saying hello. I'm like, then, Like I said earlier, like I live in Orange County, like 20 minutes away. <laughs> no, it's not that friendly out, out in Orange yeah. County. Everybody uh, doesn't feel like there's like a real community aspect like it right. did when I was like walking my my, my buddy's dog for like a week. Everybody's being nice. I go down to the local breakfast spot. People were being friendly. <laughs> yeah, uh, going to the Canadian Pizza spot, and uh, yeah, and you it, already <laughs> know, dude. That's where yeah. I
1: live, dude. I lived next door, like above the bar that was next door to it. Um, oh, dude,
0: my buddy literally lives across the street from Canadian Pizza. So, uh, yeah, so I was in, I was in that 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 yeah. area. That was know? my
1: block, Fourth and Orange, right okay, there. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: And everybody was so nice. Chill. Yeah, it's crazy. Shout out to Long Beach. I I I, lo- I love Long Beach, and you know what's funny is um. My early days in Orange County, when I had my roommate, we, you know, our lease was up. We were trying to find something uh, more affordable. Yeah. And I remember he pitched Long Beach to me, and I was like, "No, I was, I was, I was against it. I was like, I was like, it's too far. I want to live near Disneyland. Like, no, uh, be, just being super stubborn. Yeah. But um, but looking, you know, fast forward to you know me uh having like those experiences i'm like man we probably would have been fine in long beach i probably would have been chilling it. dude yeah. you would have been
1: like this is sick huh?
0: yeah because we we have like a bunch of friends that that you know like <laughs> live like still live out there and like lived out there yeah um but i was just young and just stubborn yeah. and like and for me i was uh you know like we just moved to orange county i was just getting comfortable i didn't want to move to so, like got it a new place and have right. to react and like you know, make new friends again. Yeah. So
1: but now you get now you got another reason to come visit, right? Come
0: through. Fun fact. Long term move to Long Beach. So pretty soon. So leave Orange County, love Orange County. Yeah. i said not that far, but yeah, probably shack up here pretty soon. There you go. Yeah.
1: There's plenty of room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come through and kick it. It's just like I don't know. I feel like Long Beach just has like that um small town feeling in like a bigger city Mm -hmm. because like it's part of la county but it's also like just huge for a city and so like we have our own downtown and our own whatever Mm -hmm. and i don't know i just i wouldn't really change much about my childhood i just i'm so grateful i grew up here and had that experience of like getting to live here and remember moving to the northwest and being like wow Dude, just straight up, like I when I went out there, I was like, yo, something feels off about this place. Mm-hmm. I remember calling my mom and being like, something feels a little different. It's not bad, it's just something's different. And then I realized what it was that there was no diversity and everybody was white. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's why I feel uneasy. You know? That's funny. <laughs> so but it was chill. I had a good time up there, but I was just like, I don't know. I just I love living here. I love Long Beach.
0: Yeah, it, it it does trip me out when <clears throat> I travel places where there isn't a lot of like culture. Yeah, and you know, you you walk into like a restaurant and it's just full of white people. And, yeah, like they're obviously used to your white friends, but when they look at you and, and like you're just getting like these weird stares, and I'm like, oh, this is not normal, right? For right. you know someone uh, who's not the same uh, skin color and with a bunch of tattoos, colored hair. To, to, to be here, right, so like whenever I travel to certain places and that happens, I always have to remind myself like oh crap, like this isn't normal for them, but you know back home, like nobody bad an eye because like exactly. know, like out here we have like like everybody from all over the world's out here exactly so yeah that, 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 that's one thing that it, it, it's normal for us because we grew up out here in California, right totally, but when you go to places uh, you know like like you mentioned like Eugene, <laughs> it's not normal for there to be a lot of color up there, it's, yeah it, it, it's it's such a trip.
1: Yeah, dude, I remember moving up there and I don't know. I had like hair and was more tan at the time. Man, <laughs> and, like, dudes would be like, Is Colombia part of Mexico? Like, what part of Mexico is that? <laughs> oh, shit. I'd be like, What, dude? Like, You're
0: like you need to look at a map, sir. Yeah, sir. <laughs>
1: let, me get, let me get you one of those, Johns, right there. All right. I'm going to point it out to you, son. Like, but.
0: And how did you end up in, you know, of all places, Eugene for college?
1: Okay. So I was going to go to. Cal State Long Beach. Yeah, which is you know, a <laughs> nice college, right? I was gonna go street. to Cal State yeah. Long Beach and and um and I had been offered a scholarship to go to two schools in the northwest. One was to Oregon State in Corvallis. Okay. And one was to the University of Oregon. And I was the first one in my family to like uh get like a an opportunity to go to like a four year university like that. Mm-hmm. And so um I was like, "Well, I'm going to go to Oregon, like I I kind of want to get that American school experience where like you pack up the car and drive to a different state and you know what I mean? Like mom drops you off and you wave goodbye. I don't know, like that kind of thing." And so I picked Oregon and um I went there and and during the process of picking that school and signing up, I realized that it wasn't a scholarship and that I was given a loan.
0: Oh. And shit. so <laughs>
1: That's part of the reason I only stayed for two years and then moved back to Long Beach. Yo. But um, I got the most out of my two years there, dude. I I I took all of my uh, major related courses. I took no
0: GEs whatsoever. Yeah, because you do those anywhere. Right? Yeah. yeah,
1: and I was just like, I'm going to get the most bang for my buck. We had, uh, you know, enough for two years and went for two years. And we could have figured it out to stay two more, but I was kind of like, it was my decision. I was pretty hell-bent on moving back to Long Beach. I didn't want to stay up there any longer, so...
0: Yeah, and college was really expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember, um, like, my parents were like considered like upper middle class, mm-hmm. um, but it felt like you know we weren't rich or anything. But, yeah, I feel uh, you. Yeah. But going to like the community college back home, like I didn't qualify for shit, so like I had to pay yeah. for everything out of pocket. Yeah. And you know, you you pay a couple hundred bucks just to enroll in the class, and you find out, oh shit, this textbook is almost you know the same amount of just getting into the damn class. It was, uh, you know, got to a point where I was like, this is becoming like really expensive. And I did I remember one, um, like my last English class ever. um, It was like uh, this guy that I used to be friends with, just by chance, he was in the same class as me. And then there's a girl in the middle and me on the right side. And she... Like the attention that my buddy was giving her mm-hmm. so i was like yo i was like flirt with her so we could use her book <laughs> <laughs> so, so we don't have to go buy yeah hundred percent. i was like save us the money because i'm not trying to spend 250 dollars yeah. on this damn book because then you go and sell it after the semester's over right for a fraction of the price so i was like dude just save us some money just flirt with her just like i know she'll let us use her book just just be nice to her yeah. and he's like all right like i got you and and he he did it and, and she she was down she let's she go. let us use her book and I was so happy because I, did I didn't want to pay for it, man, because it was just the yeah, dude, Shit was so expensive. That's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I have to hustle all those white frat kids in Oregon and DJ. You know what I mean?
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because some of the, damn, I'm tripping out of that it wasn't a scholarship.
1: Yeah, it was just like worded weird. So, like, it had mm. these three categories I'll never forget. It was like, you know, grants, loans, and then it was like, blah, 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 blah. And I was, the blah, 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 blah was for 40 grand. And I was like, yeah. woo, we're going. Like, mm-hmm. And then I remember when I found out it wasn't, I called back Oregon State. I was like, "Yo, can I take up that? Because theirs really was a grant, like a scholarship." And I was like, "Can I take you back up on that? Like, no, we already gave it away." And I was like, "Ah." "Fuck." I guess I'm gonna go to U of O for two years. So that's
0: crazy. And then uh, when you left. Did you end up going to college out here or
1: um not really i i i did a little bit like i took some classes at at long beach community college Mm -hmm. um i was doing some like i was doing the culinary program there for a while okay and um and yeah i don't know i just kind of had some like issues at the time with like my like substance use and Mm -hmm. um and it was just kind of got in the way of any goals, yeah. <laughs> aspirations that I had for myself. I was kind of too busy getting a little uh, too wild with the, uh-huh. with the old forbidden liquor, you know what I mean? So. <laughs>
0: okay. And how did you you know, get past that?
1: Yeah. I, I, I just got to a point when I was 23, I, I'm 28 now. When I was 23, I, I, just said I had had enough. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's like a, a, a saying that I like hear often that, like with my peers, which is like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, um, you know, thankfully, like what got me out of that was like a lot of fellowship with like other people that were like minded and like other people that wanted to stay sober. And um, I didn't really feel like I fit into the straight edge scene because like a lot of these kids were like, I don't drink. Mm-hmm. I'm nailed to the X this mm-hmm. is what I am you know what I mean and I felt like I didn't fit in that because I did drink and mm-hmm. like you know what I mean like I just like suffered from I don't know alcoholism and like drug abuse you know and uh that's something that's like in my family um but I just was like I'm willing to kind of go to any length to make sure that um I don't ever have to do this again and, you know, thankfully, I've stayed close to that thought process and that mentality ever since that day. And, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on my five year anniversary next month. So. Oh, being sober. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So I'm just like, just like really like my life
0: like this today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I I just watched this. Um, There's this guy on YouTube called Turkey Tom. Okay. And it's a chill name. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's his real name but uh, that's not his
1: government (laughs) name his government first name isn't Turkey
0: I I hope not Um, but he does like these uh, pieces on uh, people uh, and I always like to watch the ones of people that I I already know about to see if I can learn anything new yeah yeah and so far he hasn't taught me anything new Uh, everything that he is like done. I'm like, okay, like I've already known all that. But if this was somebody going into it not knowing anything about this person, I guess this would be like an okay video to sure. to kind of like you know catch you up to speed. Sure. Um, but more recently, I, I watched this one he did on a Bam Margera. Yeah. Twitch. Yeah, that's like, tough. Yeah. When, when, when you think about someone, because for me. I was a fan of Jackass and Same, people like, like Bam Margera growing up but not knowing cuz like you know back then like social media wasn't like a thing you, right, you couldn't right. like you know uh, have these insights into these like celebrities lives like we do now but to just like you know kind of like have him chronologic, chronological like you know list like all the like you know um, struggles that Bam has like been going through his whole life it's just jeez right. like, it's crazy and, and it's yeah. uh, you know sad but it's like man it's like like I want him to be able to, like, kind of, you know, make it through or weather that storm and make it okay on the other side. Because when you look <clears> at, you know, certain people like, Extivo, like who was once there and was able to, you know, bounce back and, uh, you know, be okay. It's just like, man, like, I, I wonder what it is that's, like, holding him back that, that he can't move on.
1: I think, um, obviously, I can't speak for Bam, but I can mm. say for myself and, like, a lot of my peers that I've seen that have, like, uh, succumb to like their alcoholism or d- drug addiction and not been able to kind of come out on the other side is it's usually a lack of a of, uh, of willingness and it's a lot of fear. Um, I mean, I can relate to feeling really fearful sometimes of like, what if I try and I can't stick through with it? Uh-huh. You know, what if I try and I fall short? Yeah. What if I make a band and the band sucks? You know what I mean? What yeah. if I play a show and no one comes? It's all these what ifs. Uh-huh. Um, and so like the best way that I've found to like combat that with is like, kind of like having whatever that fear is like 10 times of that in like faith in the universe and like my spiritual practices and like that kind of stuff that I believe in. Mm -hmm. And that has like allowed me a lot of grace and a lot of just like ability to take a step back and breathe and be like, whoa, like I don't have to be so like hell bent on like living this fear driven lifestyle, um, where I'm just kind of like losing myself as the days go on. And instead I can live in this like more optimistic way of thinking, um, in regards to like how I can better myself and just trusting the process that if I continue, it will work, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and had it not worked as it has been so far, I wouldn't still be here, like coming up on a five year anniversary, you know?
0: And I'm curious, did you just go cold turkey or did you have to like wean like your way off of it?
1: Um, I went cold turkey, um, and I just started going to some soirees of other like-minded people, you know, um, and that were sober and, Mm -hmm. um, kind of started doing programs like that and never went to rehab or did anything like that, Mm -hmm. but I just, uh, I found out where other sober people hung out and I kind of just did what they did. You know what I mean? uh, Which also gave me like a new appreciation for hardcore because then I felt like I could start singing along to straight edge lyrics and held a new meaning to me. Mm -hmm. You know, actually on the, it's funny, the UBU demo, the only thing we ever released, um, every song on there is related to sobriety in one shape or the other when it comes to the lyrics. Um, the last song, "Pathways," was about me getting sober. The s- third to last, or second to last song, "Castana," was the street of my longtime childhood friend Corey that passed away mm-hmm. um, in an accident. But he was someone that suffered from like alcoholism and like drug abuse, mm-hmm. and the song was dedicated to him. "Brothers Keeper" was about um, some similar issues with my family and uh, kind of growing up with some of that, and. Uh, and the first song "Turn It Out" was about like it was my attempt at like a posi-core song, <laughs> like trying to make a really fast, uh, hardcore uh-huh. "Change Your Attitude" PMA type beat, you know. So yeah. But that's that was that was around the time that I was getting sober, so
0: that was kind of like uh, this was the only thing on my mind at the time. Yeah. For sure. Well. Yeah. It's awesome that it's been five years. Yeah. Because you know, I, I feel like <sighs> as I've gotten older, it seems like time moves like a lot faster. It does. Even though, and it's crazy too, because um, uh, I feel like time moves faster, but now I'm trying to like slow it down as much as I can because I'm trying yes. to like grasp onto all these things that I like love and enjoy and I'm trying to, you know, enjoy it more, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. But it's like often I find myself, um, you know, at, at the end of the day being like, fuck, I wish there was more time for me to do the things that I didn't get to do today. Yeah. So it's like I always um try to encourage uh you know everybody that i come into contact with like man like just try to maximize your happiness sometimes you got to be selfish mm-hmm. but it's like at the end of all this um you know you want to be able to look back and you know feel fulfilled versus like regret you know
1: yeah i i uh, you know i think um i don't know like i said like i go back to thinking about where was i at, at 23 years old and when i was 23 like i had no Positive, healthy, fun, memorable memories anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, if you would have asked me, like, how has it been, age twenty to twenty-three, I would have been like, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And like, I just kind of realized, like, man, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be like thirty-five, forty-five, fifty-five, sixty-five, having a midlife crisis mm-hmm. because I, what you like, what you just said, where I didn't take enough time to sit back and like enjoy, like what this life has offered me, you know what I mean? And like, I don't need anything and I don't need any enhancements mm. to, um, to really enjoy this process, you know? And I, I get like, Oh uh, no, I get like, I get mad, like emotional about that stuff. Cause like, I feel, I see so many peers of mine that are still out there right now. Um, like I said, like no shame if you drink or like smoke or do what you think, like that's chill. I'm not tripping on that. But like, I'm, I got homies that are like clearly like in the midst of their addiction mm. and like don't want to get out of it out of fear and um i used to have a professor in college um uh john schmore and he used to say uh you have to treat life like you're jumping off of a waterfall like into the water at the bottom but you have two options you can say whoopee like you're enjoying the process or you can say fuck it <laughs> but either way you're going to have to jump and what it's going to kind of come down to is like that attitude of whoopee or fuck it mm-hmm. you know and um I've realized that, like, the more I make it whoopy, <laughs> the more I tend to like kind of enjoy some of these things,
0: you know. Hundred percent, yeah. yeah. can't get any of it back, as far as we know.
1: As far as I know, this is the only one I got, so I'm trying to make the most of it, you know.
0: Hundred percent, yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm happy you're able to make that change because I've had, you know, friends in the past that didn't make it out, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, same. I I I just had another person I knew like pass away because of that shit you know what i mean like two weeks ago i'm just like uh like it kills me it's like i just want people to i don't know i but like i'm just like another human being dude like i can't control anybody or do anything i can just try to like lead by example
0: 100 you know hmm.
1: and like try to make the most of my time you know
0: okay i don't want to get too down but want to move on to no, you're good to uh spirit dive your your current project yeah I I am curious, like, how did that band come together? Because Just being friends with, uh, you know, you guys. I I always feel like I've always heard about Spirit Dive. Yeah. um, But but I I am curious, like, how did that all come together?
1: Okay, so Spirit Dive was uh, Nick's idea. Mm -hmm. Nick from Wise. Um, This has been a project that he has wanted to do for quite some time. Okay. Um, And maybe 20... 20 end of 2021 around that time into 2022 um nick hits me up on instagram and he and i start chopping it up about like some new music stuff we're working on and he pretty much was like yo at the time he was still living in san diego and so he's like i'm gonna come up here to long beach i'm like let's jam some songs and kind of like see if this is something he'd be interested in that's kind of how it started, like it it just kind of like snowballed from there, Nick and I were down to kind of run this thing, and uh I really liked the vision that he had, and he liked the vision that I had, and we decided to kind of make do and 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 put the band together as we went along, but that the two of us were kind of down and just write it out and then when we decided we needed another guitarist, you know, like uh I hit up my boy rain, and uh so rain hopped on, and then um uh, we hit up ben who who was drumming in wise at the time, and mm-hmm. um. That's kind of like a no-brainer. So
0: that Um, guy's a trooper, driving in from freaking Utah Utah. to do some gigs. That guy's insane. But that's
1: only for now. He's gonna be our boy Ben is gonna be moving back to
0: Southern California. Oh, really? Okay, that's awesome.
1: Allegedly,
0: allegedly. Yeah. So
1: we'll see. But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of how it it got started, and uh, we recorded these two songs, uh, did our demo up with uh, our boy Brad Racine, and up in. Spiria,
0: Shout out to High Desert.
1: Shout out High Desert, dude. Yeah. High Desert has shown Spear Dive so much love. It's like, it's nutty. But um, yeah, we did the demo and uh, I think our first show or second show, our second show, we got hit up by uh, uh, Ray and Julio who run uh, the label of their Extinction Burst and they were Mm -hmm. like, yo, do you want to do something
0: with us? We really like your sound. And
1: we were like, yeah, no brainer. So That's wild. Yeah.
0: I like that label because uh you know it, it, it's cool that um they put you guys out and you know obviously they have a hand in the stateside stuff yeah and then even just everything before that it's like okay it, it's cool that there's people that care that much out there in the high desert yeah to want to, to wanna, you know invest their own time and money into. dude it's
1: so sick and like just the fact that like they are like old heads in the scene and are just so down to still participate, contribute and expand the scene, I think is so admirable of them. Mm -hmm. It's what I love about Extinction Burst so much. And like they play in uh, they play in a band in a way, Mm -hmm. like Brad drums, in, you know, and like some of the members of Heartthrob. So it's just like, they've just shown us like the utmost love. Everyone up there like local man records, Wisecrack Records, I'm sorry, local man studios, Wisecrack Records, Extinction Burst, you know, all those bands up there, they've just shown us like mad love from the jump and like, we're really grateful for that. So it's great. <laughs> I love the high desert. Yeah. yeah
0: shout out. Shout out to the high desert. But um, I'm curious w- w- when you guys put out the the demo. Yeah. And you know, you, you guys because I, I remember I booked you guys. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys
1: with house and home and uh, Sun yeah. title, Right.
0: Yeah. Um, but you guys were on a run. And then it ended, yeah. And then you guys came back and uh, you know uh, got together to, to to play that show program, which I was like super pumped on. So that, yeah. was, that was my first time seeing you guys live.
1: Yeah, we were super honored. I mean, we we wanted to play one of your gigs anyway, but we uh, we did a run with with Stateside, and we played the Che Cafe in San Diego, mm-hmm. then we played uh, Vegas, and then uh, the homie Pena booked us with a Ground Zero in L.A. Uh, in Maywood so we kind of did that little week under San Diego to Vegas to LA and then that following I don't know Friday or Saturday whatever it was we went and played that one that you booked that program which was super sick yeah so that was fun dude I mean the the boys in stateside were super sick all the shows were dope and
0: and it seems uh, like you guys kind of laid low Mm -hmm. like after that for for a bit because Wow. was that because you guys were putting together beneath the clouds? Yeah, we were
1: putting we were we were, we were pretty much recording uh during that time and, and uh we were I mean, like you said, like part of the struggle is just Ben living in Utah. So like mm-hmm. getting finding time with his work schedule where he could commit to um X amount of time off that he could come out, record and not feel rushed. Yeah. You know, like oh I'm only in town for a day, you know? And so um it took a couple tries, but we were able to kind of like figure it out and um we also just kind of wanted to like identify what we wanted to do moving forward with the band and what kind of route we wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And uh and that's kind of like why we laid low. We did some photo shoots. We did the recording process. We had the cassettes made um and we kind of worked everything out with Extinction Burst to kind of set that up. And uh we the only thing we did during that time really was we played uh we played one show in the
0: High Desert with Anxious and Military Gun. I remember that show. That was like in December. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we did that one. And the weekend during Yeah, that was it. We pretty much just were like laying... We weren't really like in a rush to like... I mean, granted, we would have loved it at the ground running, but I don't think we were necessarily like, we have to do that, and if we don't, we're screwed. It was more of like, all right, dude, let's just like take it how it goes and like see where this gets us and really just kind of put all our energy into recording a good EP
0: to give people, you know? One hundred percent, yeah. So it's better to to be patient and to be able to to cook versus you know, trying to rush just to get something out, yeah. Because um, things can easily get lost, right? Because there's so much music, so many bands coming out all the time. Where it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, if uh, you know, just by having bad timing, your whole record could get, you know, like overlooked. But for you guys to, to not feel any pressure to just kind of do it on your own schedule, I feel like that's the best route to take
1: yeah we also have like i don't know like at the time i was working like in the field that i thought i was going to be in for quite a while and so like and like rain has like a really set career you know he works for for sega Mm -hmm. like just like doing a great job and we all had kind of these like big boy jobs that we were working we were like man this is do we have the time or energy to leave these big boy jobs to just take random gigs here and there to take random tours here and there and yeah our decision was more so well rather than make it an either or decision why don't we just focus on the music sit back breathe for a second we'll reassess when it comes out you know what I mean and now thankfully we're at a point where we can afford uh, some more of that balance and we can kind of hit the ground running a little bit more you know which I'm stoked for so if it were up to me I'd be like touring all the time like I just I, I love that
0: so yeah the touring can get expensive. We can. We can yeah, yeah just got to have to make a like some fire merch i feel like the merch can carry yeah
1: yeah we've been pretty blessed so far with um i don't know i remember like on my birthday back in february like i got a call from uh the guys at extinction burst and they were like yeah we sold out of your stuff and i was like all right mm-hmm. that was a great feeling i'd never had that happen with the band before
0: you know like yeah, and uh, do you guys ever think of doing like vinyl or CDs?
1: Yeah, they actually offered to do vinyl for us. Mm-hmm. We turned them down.
0: Oh, wow. Um, not
1: because they're not capable, but just because we weren't really... I just don't think we were ready to put out a vinyl. We also just didn't want to do like a one-sided LP. Yeah. Like where it's like, you know, we, we really only had four songs we wanted to showcase. It was these four tracks and... One of them was has already been out, which is Fallen Time, but we re-recorded it and kind of wanted to give it a little bit more ump this time.
0: Which I uh, appreciate because I hate when bands will just copy and paste yeah. like an old song onto the new record. And it's just like, yeah. like you can tell that it doesn't even match the other song. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, we did not want to do that. and We love that song. We love that song. We love playing it. And so um, we were like, let's just kind of do it justice and um, really take some time recording it and uh, but yeah and so, so, I mean, Ray and Julio offered to put it on vinyl for us we We just decided we weren't really in a rush to do anything on vinyl just yet, yeah, um, and we wanted to just really have a nice solid e p under our belt that we could have out. it's on cassette, um obviously, it's on streaming platforms and whatnot, but now, moving forward, now that's something we're open to doing for like an l p
0: okay and yeah, the the EP came out not too long ago. Yeah, uh, Do you guys plan to do more, like as far as playing more shows to get out there before you even think about putting out like your next body. Of yeah,
1: most definitely, we're definitely have a couple uh, tours in the works right now with some other bands that have like expressed some interest in us. Uh-huh. Um, the one that we're gonna announce this weekend is gonna be our Weekender. In a couple of weeks from now that we're going to be doing with glean the little homies in san diego mm-hmm. um so we'll be going up to the bay um and shout out to my boy brandon from big boy because he's booging us up there so um so we're gonna be playing up there and then we're gonna be playing in san diego and possibly not confirm you might have a house show in long beach in the meantime oh that's it so uh we might we might be throwing that too so we've got that and then some other bands that have reached out that aren't really kind of confirmed yet. so I don't want to name drop them and then it yeah. not happen. But, For sure. Yeah. But we definitely have uh, some more uh, um, live performances planned. Um, and once Ben gets back here in the near future, um, we can really, we're we're already writing, but we can kind of really start hashing it out together. Okay. That's so.
0: awesome. Yeah. And can you talk about the the EP can you talk know about where the name of the EP comes from?
1: Yeah, it's um Beneath the Clouds was is for a while we were kind of floating through a couple of different names of what we wanted to use for the EP and uh Beneath the Clouds is uh one of the lyrics in um in Fallen Time. Mm-hmm. And uh I think a big uh motivator like influence for that song because that's the first song we ever wrote as a band Mm -hmm. um was kind of like what you and i were mentioning a little bit earlier in the interview where we were talking about uh i don't know like sometimes it feels like life moves by fast and it's like important to take like a step back and like if you can't slow it down at least embrace it and enjoy Mm -hmm. enjoy it while you're having it and uh that was kind of our attitude with or at least that was my like kind of uh, perspective when writing the lyrics for that song, um, it was making sure that like, I don't know, it's important to sometimes just like lay in the grass and look up at the clouds and just like sit there and be present for a moment. And I feel like today we're in this like move, move, move attitude with like everything we do, whether it's our band, our podcasts, our jobs, our relationships, um, our goals and aspirations. Everyone's constantly like, Oh, I gotta go, 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 go. And some of like my best memories in life, uh, I can say confidently have just been those moments where I sit back, lay down, feel the breeze and just kind of like be present and like grateful for where I am right now. And that's kind of the attitude we wanted out of this EP. We're just like, man, we're just like happy to be here and want to make fun music for our friends and enjoy it. You know, like we're not in any rush to get famous or do anything like that. We just want to have fun.
0: I didn't know that was the first song you guys ever wrote. Yeah because you know obviously there was like the first version there's an acoustic version and yeah. now it's on the, the new ep <laughs> yeah. so it's like okay so the song i'm obviously is like very special to you guys yeah. because yeah. it's getting so much love
1: yeah totally yeah yeah it was the first one nick had a little riff like the, the body of the song written out and rain put some really cool leads on and um i remember like calling i was kicking it with nick we were in like koreatown in la when i like finished the lyrics for it and i was just like having him play like a voice memo on his car and I would just sing it over and over to him mm. with like the back all the vocals I had and voice memos I had saved on my phone and we were just kinda like geeking out. We were just like super stoked and I don't know. There's like no better feeling to me today than like those little moments of being present and like really like uh receptive to like where you are in the moment. I love that shit. So that's kind of like a no brainer to name it that.
0: Yeah, and I, I trip out too because um, you mentioned earlier. You know, Nick living in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's been in LA for so long that I, like, like I forgot he lived in San Diego. Like you say yeah. that, like triggered, like oh shit, yeah, because there was a time where you know people thought Wise was a San Diego band. Yes. <laughs> but yes. Like, every like Nick was the only one from San Diego. You know, Braxton yeah. lived up in the IE. Yeah. Um, and everybody else, like you know, was out in like LA. Yeah. So Alex
1: and Donnie were up yeah. in LA. Ben was in LA. Yeah.
0: yeah. Shout out to Wise too. Yeah, shout out to Wise, too, because there, there, there was a time where, um, you know, uh, it seemed like they were going to hang it up. Yes. And they're currently, you know, and they're in Texas, right? Yes. Do, doing cool shit. Firestarter right now, yeah. Yeah, shout out. I, I love Firestarter. I'm I'm finally I'm happy to see them getting out there, and like I have friends in like other states that are going to get to see them on, on this yeah. run that yeah. are excited. And it's just like, I think back to seeing Firestarter for the first time in LA. It was like one of like the first shows back from the pandemic where it was like okay to have a show without you getting canceled yeah yeah. um and it was uh uh like scowl zulu firestarter and i cannot remember who else was on the bill but Mm -hmm. i remember i was like i have to see this firestarter band because i'm seeing them everywhere and they're being represented as like la straight edge which is like not common these days correct so i'm like like, i want to check it out and i remember watching them and i could see the potential but it just sounded bad because of the venue, right? Everybody sounded bad that night. So um, I, you know, kept following them. You know, paid attention and just like, you know, just uh, got to see them more and more. I've, I've been able to book them and just to, yeah, they
1: did, they did that split on Extinction verse two with Madhouse.
0: Yeah, yeah, sh- yeah, shout out Madhouse too. Um, so just to see them finally getting to leave California and ha- be on a cool run, it, it just has me so so excited because I know there's a lot of people um, on the east coast that are excited to to finally see them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hardcore's in good hands right now. One
0: hundred percent. But okay, that that's crazy. And uh, my favorite song on the EP is probably Cheer Wine. Yeah. And I don't. I I might be biased because I love the beverage Cheer yeah, Wine me too. Uh, <laughs> so is 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 that why you named the song Cheerwine? Yes. Wine? Okay.
1: Yeah, that song is is um um that's probably my favorite song on there too. Um, it, it's kind of like a. Uh, a song I wanted to dedicate like uh, to my partner mm-hmm. and I wanted to write her something. But um, she put me on to cheer wine when we were in uh, we were in North Carolina about a year ago. And she was like, yo, have you ever had cheer wine? I was like, the hell is a cheer wine, dude? Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's so bomb. You have to get when you have to go. I was like, all right, whatever. And we're at this like little 50s diner in Asheville. And um, and we were on our way to a, actually to a show. We were going to go see we saw a negative approach, candy, and end it. Okay. Um, fire, fire gig. Yeah,
0: why were you in North Carolina?
1: She's got family out there. Oh, okay. She yeah. has. She's got family in Asheville, and so she was like, "We were there for like this last Halloween," and she was like, "You want to come out with me?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." I'd never been to North Carolina, so, um, and so yeah, so we're out there kicking in. and we go to this little '50s diner, and she was like, she ordered me a cheer wine. and I took a sip, dude, and
0: what was it? On? Oh, it was on tap. Yeah, dude. Okay, because I've only had it bottled. Oh no, I, it was
1: bottled, oh. but they poured it out for okay. me. Like they, I got like the whole works. Like they like. Okay. You know what I mean? And I was like, "Oh my god, what is this?" And uh, yeah, I don't know. I changed my life, and so we came back, and I was like, I just love the name Cheerwine, yeah. and I was like, this would be a great uh, uh, little inside.
0: Mm. So that she knows the songs about her, you know? okay, hell yeah. And that's the, the song she wanted. It's so. cool, it was romantic, yes,
1: uh, <laughs> you know what I mean
0: okay, Tip the fedora
1: you know what I'm yeah, saying hundred no, percent lady
0: makes me like the song even more now to, yeah. to know that it's uh you know that there's like it's like special,
1: yeah, it was really just like an inside joke for her, and i mm. I was just like, I want you to know that uh the song's about you, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> not just like vague yeah endearing song about anyone but uh, i i don't know i just wanted to write her a song i thought it'd be cool, cool to do and i call it cheer Wine, she'll know <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: i know that that's yeah. awesome i feel like that's the only reason why i ever I go into bevmo and get get some cheer Wine. right dude <laughs> yeah right like, you feel like nowhere else sells it which yeah, is crazy dude. to me
1: cheer Wine goes hard but when, whenever we play it live like when we're on that run with uh stateside like I always tell people that the song's just about the soda. I don't tell anyone it's about my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I just say it's about my favorite soda. Like. That's funny.
0: Well, they'll know now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't say anything, dude. <laughs> That's crazy.
0: That's cool. No, yeah, like I said, like I feel like knowing that makes me like the song even more. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. I, cool. I, I, I don't know. That one like was a really fun and beautiful song to write. It wasn't originally going to be about my girlfriend necessarily. Mm-hmm. We were just jamming that song out and i really wanted this like we wanted as a group we wanted the song to have this really big kind of like crescendo chorus moment and um and ben does like the backup screams on that song and um that's been really fun too playing live is like ben does all the backing vocals when we play mm-hmm. You know, so it's tight to have a drummer singer in the back
0: too yeah i like ben on vocals so far <laughs> so far yeah it, it, it it's cool cuz i've i've only i've always known him as like the wise drummer right yeah. But to to see him be able to like front his own band and then um, you hear him Shout on out that to record, fading
1: fast, dude. Yeah,
0: fading fast. You know, when I booked him that one time, yeah, I was surprised they said yes. Yeah, um, Las Vegas hardcore, which <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben drove yes. from Utah to get the program. Yes, and dude. even like the homies from Vegas that drove out. It's like, yeah. you know, uh, meant a lot to me. Obviously, like, they were hyped to play, but it's like, dude, for for you guys to. To, to, to make that trip just to play one show yeah that definitely meant a lot
1: yeah i don't know i think there's like a lot of love um i think all of us in spirit dive have played in enough bands already where we've made our own connections that now whenever we are given the opportunity to play um we it's like an automatic yes because we're just like so grateful to have had these connections already like literally like when you hit us up to play that gig at program Mm-hmm. it was like the quickest yes anyone's ever replied in our group chat you know everyone was just like yeah we've been wanting to play one of jamie's shows like let's mm-hmm. play this gig." you know yeah and we ended up hitting it off with a bunch of those dudes like the dudes from house and home and Sunset was super chill and super nice and yeah pop freeze killing it you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like it was just super chill
0: yeah the yeah you guys are one of the rare bands to to be able to say that you played a show that i booked yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: yeah yep I went to another one that you booked, the one after that. What was the band? who did you have? The one with like, abstain played or something like that. You had that band from Canada playing.
0: I yeah, that that was the last one. I wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I took a lot of heat for that. Really? Yeah. Because um, I guess people because obviously like I I booked the show whatever, but I guess people weren't expecting me to be there. But I feel like I let. The people who I thought um, should know that I wasn't going to be there and everything would be handled, mm-hmm. but there were some people that were very unhappy that I wasn't there. Dang. Yeah, but only like, dude, I it's it's not. You're like, hold on, I'm Jamie, I'm on my grind. <laughs> like, but not even that. But <laughs> like, I'm like, it's not like the weirdest thing that the person who booked the show wasn't there. Yeah. Because I because I, I had. I,
1: Plans. I'm in a suburban fight shows where Madison hasn't been there. Exactly. Like,
0: you know what I mean? like Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like I was treated unfairly, but because uh, I had plans already booked, like I was in Philly that that night. Yeah. Um, but when I got hit up to to, to to book the show, obviously, those are my friends from Canada. Yeah. Um, I want to you know set them up because at the time, I'm like, yo, if anybody wants to play a program, hit me up. Like, I got you. Um, and obviously, for a, a band from Eastern Canada to be right. doing a full US. Right. And you know, friends of mine, they're like, "Hey, like, can you get us a show, a program?" I'm like, "Yeah, like, I got you." Um, so I wasn't gonna say no just because I wasn't gonna be there. Like, it's not about me. That's why I was trying to explain to everybody. I'm like, "Yo, like, like, yeah, like, I'm booking these shows, but my name's not plastered on the flyer. Um, it's, it's not about me. It's about yeah. the scene. It's about the bands coming through. We just want everybody to, to have a good time. Like, I'm like, I'm not even in the picture. Right. But that night, everybody got like, it was, it was actually." Kind of crazy how like like upset some people were. Yeah. Hey,
1: next time, you know yeah. what I mean. You send them my way. <laughs> I'll have a little chat with them on your yeah. behalf. All yeah. Right?
0: Thank you, thank you. I'm like, yeah. We got you. Emiro's got, got. Yeah, some, you gotta gotta go, got to talk to him. Words. You got to yeah. talk to him
1: first. <laughs> uh,
0: but but that was a cool show, you know, because like that that was you got to think that wasn't a hardcore show, right? But kids kids showed up.
1: I was in there moshing. I hit a two step in there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. They were sick. I actually had two cousins in town visiting me from Columbia oh, really? and, and I took them to that show. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause like That's I tried crazy. to sneak them into this bar in Long Beach cause like my homie's band was playing uh-huh. like some indie band. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take you guys out. And my little cousin was 20 and her birthday was like five days away her 21st. Yeah. And I went to this one spot that never has a bouncer and the one fucking night we go, there's a bouncer, the bouncer. there. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right. Uh-huh. I'm like, damn, like. What am I going to do with them? And I was with my girlfriend and I was like, where should we take them? And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, are there any other shows tonight? And I was like, hold on a second. Yeah, dude, there's a show up program tonight. But I don't know if they're down. And so I was like, fuck it, let's just take them. So I took my cousins there and they had a blast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're like, this is sick. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I had, um, I forgot what show it was, but I remember I, I was running the door. It was a show that, that I booked. Um, yeah. I was running the door and like some kid like walked up to me and he was like, hey, this is my first time coming to a show, and I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, um, "I was like, of all shows, like, why are you here? Like, well, like, how'd you get to this one?" He's like, "Oh, he's like, well, like, I I live down the street, and I I shop in here for records sometimes, and I saw that there was a show happening, so I decided to show up. Wow. And I was like, "All right," I was like, "Go in there, have fun. If anybody gives you trouble, come out, let me know, and I'll take care of it." And at the end of the night, the kid comes out, he's all happy. He's like, "Dude," he's like, "This was crazy. Like, I'm gonna come back to more." Oh, that's but, so wholesome. Yeah. That's so, uh, so I was sick. just like, "Hell yeah!" I was like. Thanks for making my show your first show, but yeah, uh, you know, keep coming back Cause that's what we need, right? Is new kids coming out having fun and you know, yeah, they're I'm the ones only gonna, gonna get scary. older,
1: dude. Like, there's like a whole new generation of like little fuckers coming into the scene. You know what I mean? Like, we need to have a place for them. They're like the future of hardcore. They're the future of alternative music. I don't know. I remember uh, when UBU played at Che Cafe. There was a kid there who was like the only kid like singing along to like any of our songs. Mm-hmm. And um, and I he was like chopping it up with me at the merch booth afterwards. I don't remember this kid's name, but shout out to him, man. This kid was like, yeah, like I, I like your guys' music and it's relatable and not, you know I mean? He just like complimented us some. that so this was like his first time at the Che, first time at like a hardcore show. And I, I just kept thinking of that moment that I had with Daniel Fang, where he gave me that shirt for free and uh and i like shot the kid a shirt for free and i gave him one of our posters and like and i don't know what else i had but whatever i had i fucking gave him for free Mm -hmm. because i was just like dude like i hope that's like better than any money i'm gonna make off of this goddamn show you know (laughs) like it'd be cooler if this kid leaves and is like feels inclined to go to another hardcore show on his own or start his own band one day yeah you know
0: yeah to to inspire the youth i feel like that that is a a really cool thing to be able to do.
1: Yeah. And like, not, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just like, I've never played in like a band that's like gotten like mad love. You know what I mean? So like I have learned to like be really, really grateful for just like those that attend, those that participate, those that contribute. And it's always my goal not to take from the scene, but to like give back and contribute to the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's part of the reason of like why hardcore is so special to so many people, you know, is like we try to give back to our scene. We make zines, we make podcasts, we make, we do interviews, we take pictures, we film sets, we do something, we play in bands or we just attend shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the community behind hardcore and what it's kind of offered me is like something that like, I don't never know if I'll be able to pay back. So like in the meantime, I'll just like play in shows and support my friends, you know?
0: Hundred percent. I feel like that's the most important thing is to to just give back because yeah, cause it's, cause it's easy to to take yeah, but if you take so much without giving back, you know that's that's how it, something's gonna die.
1: Yeah, I just I know like mad people in L.A. that are like starting bands and like like not hardcore bands, just like whatever bands like indie or like surf rock band or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. kind of music they're making. And I don't know, a lot of them are just like mad entitled dude. Like they're just like. I want to be big fast, you know what I mean? Like I want to open for I don't know this artist or whatever. And I don't know, man. I don't I don't ever see like that attitude getting you anywhere in life. I see it more about like the more I give back, like I'm like paid back in a way that's like in, indescribable, you know. So
0: yeah, I feel like it's nice when you run into those people who you can tell genuinely care about the scene yeah. and are doing it because they actually love it, not to get like any kind of, like, you know, fame. Yeah. Or any weird clout. Because um, I've met those kind of people, and it's the strangest thing. But it is. It's yeah, weird. But, but, but I love meeting the people who are actually down for it and actually care.
1: Yeah. I think it's way cooler when people just, like, participate in... I don't know. I had a friend of mine uh, growing up, and his dad was, like... Or not his dad. His godfather was a really... It still is a really well-known uh, fashion designer in L.A. Like, yeah. really, really successful and really high scale stuff. And um, I remember asking him one time when I was I must have been like 19 or 20. Like, what's your advice to like making it in whatever creative direction? You know, what I mean, like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about going in. And he said, participate before you take, you know, before you take anything or expect anything from that scene, go be a fan first, go show face. You know, And I remember before years before I started you before we started UBU, um, it was just I'm gonna go to shows. I'm just gonna go to shows and mm-hmm. go to shows, and I still go to shows, you know, because yeah. that's fun. I like it. It's not because I want anything in return. I just like I enjoy this shit. I feel at home. I feel safe. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like that's like I don't know. That feeling to me is sacred, and like I will protect that sacred stuff. You know. Okay.
0: A couple of things before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, when I'm listening to the Beneath the Clouds EP, I'm I'm just curious, like uh like what kind of influences are you guys, you know, uh, you know, taking in from the music that you listened to before you started that band?
1: Uh definitely Floral Green by Tidal Fight,
0: that whole record. That's so funny, okay. All right, see I I had to ask because 'cause I'm such a huge Tidal Fight fan and when I'm listening to Beneath the Clouds I'm just like, man, I feel like this is like, you know, like there's has to be some title fight influence here because like this 100%. is this is like ringing that like title fight bell in my head dude when
1: i was at sound and fear i literally was talking to ned russin at the glitter emerge mm-hmm. and was telling him i have the lyrics to no one stays at the top forever like tattooed on me mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was like fanboying because i was just like oh my god it's ned russin you know what i mean that's so funny and i just said thank you i was like thanks for all the music you've made dude how did he
0: react i'm curious thanks dude <laughs> <laughs> i love ned you know what i mean and yeah. that was
1: it and i was like that, so that, that's amazing floral green specifically by title fight has been a huge influence okay. um there's a wonderful 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 band called milk music okay um they have a, a record out that has just been like pivotal to like a lot of the rips that we've been inspired by mm-hmm. um and uh and turnover we love turnover those are just like yeah, Nick's, great band. Nick's big homies from Virginia, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I'd say a lot of, uh, lot of post-punk, a lot of post punk, a lot of post hardcore. Uh, we love Fiddlehead, big Fiddlehead band here. Yeah. Uh, you know, wake up in the morning and salute the Pat Flynn flag and, <laughs> and you know, pledge allegiance to Have Heart. But whatever, like all those bands that are making this like really fun, like energetic post hardcore sound i think mm. is really special um it's something that we are really driven by and we do not want to make music for people to stand like this and be cool guy and be like oh dope <laughs> yeah i like think it's really boring that was man. dope dude that was so sick that was a great show that was a great show dude you know what i mean yeah i'm just like all right dude was that great you should have moved around but like <laughs> you know so we we just wanted to make like kind of a more fun and energetic music for people
0: and um
1: I don't know. Yeah.
0: Okay. And final thing. I, I, I'm i curious, you know, back in your early days, you mentioned Odd Future and Trash Talk. Yeah. Have you had a chance to see Trash Talk live? I have. Okay.
1: I have. I saw... I was at the first Odd Future carnival. Okay. Um, and Trash Talk played. So with that carnival, they had live sets during the day with the stage at the carnival. And then you could go to... This is, wait, this is
0: a camp flog now you're talking about, right?
1: Yeah, it used to be called the Odd Future Carnival. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I was at the first, like, Camp vlog like, the first one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and and, uh, and then they had, like, a live show inside one of the venues afterwards, like, in downtown L.A. And so I've seen Trash Talk a handful of times. I'm a big fan of, like, uh, Lee Spielman and the stuff that he makes. And... Um, like, the singer of, like, Locke, like, used to play in Trash Talk back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now he plays drums in command. Mm-hmm. Super sick man. But, yeah, Odd Future is actually probably my most, like, I've been to more Odd Future shows than any other artist I can name. I think I've seen them, like, 25 times. That's insane. That's crazy. <laughs> we could do a whole fucking podcast on how much of an Odd Future stan I was growing up. Like,
0: Wait, so did you, like, wear, like? Okay. Yeah, son.
1: Head to toe. I used to go to the odd feature store on Fairfax. That's
0: crazy. They
1: had yeah. Mike G Mondays, or Mike G would work the cash register on Mondays, and I'd go over there and ditch school and take the train up there.
0: But, you know, Troy. Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. All right. That's, oh, yeah. That's okay. I already know. I already okay, know. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. He and I chop it up about that all the time. That's yeah. comedy. Shout out Troy. Shout out to Troy one time.
0: Um Okay.
1: Troy, well, start a new band, dude. All right. Or just bring back Gunpowder. I've been bugging yeah, him. He won't. <laughs> that's I know. why I didn't say it, because he won't. <laughs> Cause I have a bugging him about yeah, it. All I the
3: time.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. That's
1: comedy. For um, real. They were supposed to play, Gunpowder was supposed to play the UBU uh, demo release show. And then they dropped because one of their guys couldn't get off of work. That's crazy. So I had Dez from Zulu. I had his rap project, Crying Wave 5150 open for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's wild. But Trash playing. This month. Yes. Which is insane. Yeah. And it's an actual hardcore show. Yes. Which. Not the biggest fan of the venue, but I'm just happy that Trash Talk is doing something. I'm surprised that. Where's it at again? The Roxy. That's oh, at
1: the Roxy. Yeah. I saw Gorilla Biscuits there.
0: Yeah. I, I thought they would be a shoe-in for Standing Fury. Same. But. Same. Because last time they played was insane.
1: Okay. I First time I ever saw a feature was
0: at the Roxy. Damn. That was in 2010. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time today. Dude. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure as always.
1: Thank you for coming on. No, thank you for coming on, dude. (laughs) I'm Jamie Orkay. All right. (laughs) We'll be back next month, dude. You
0: know? Thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Shout out. Yeah.